you're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. All right, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel. Now, last week, I had just come back from Mexico, and that was my first international trip. I had been, I had just been in Cabo for a couple days, and it was really interesting. I mean, first of all, I have to say it was very liberating and all of that, but it was just a, a fantastic experience. And uh, for, for those of you that missed it, definitely go back and be sure to listen to that episode. But that being said... I have since traveled to the East Coast. So today I am recording from good old Allentown, Pennsylvania, and I happen to be sitting here with my aunt, Nancy. Uh, and I'm excited to have her on because she is my one of my aunts that happens to live outside of the US. So she's American, um, yeah, just as American as I am, uh, but she lives in Porto, in Portugal, and she's lived there for Many years. Yes, and don't tell. Don't tell. <laughs> I won't. I won't. So, but I wanted to have Nancy on because I think she'd provide a really interesting perspective in regards to travel. Also, just how the U.S. is looking like for right now from as a from the perspective of an American, but then living outside of the States. Then she got to travel here. Then she even did a road trip here with my grandparents. And now uh, she's flying back to Portugal in two days. So I figure we'll strike while the iron's hot and I will get her to share all of her information. Share the goods. All my secrets. All her secrets. (laughs) Okay, no. Well, first of all, as I always say, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I feel very honored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, oh, and, and for those of you that are interested, or just to, a little bit of backstory for on my lovely Aunt Nancy, she is a professional violinist, and she plays in the orchestra in Porto. So that's also another conversation probably for another day on how the music industry has been impacted uh, by the pandemic. But... Um, Let's stick to travel for today, okay. if we can. Okay, so um, as an American and being you, I mean, you were you live in Portugal, so and you actually just came back here to the states about two months ago. What was it like l- being at home for you in Portugal, looking on the United States in the middle of the pandemic? Okay, well, we um, ha- get all kinds of reports, of course, from the United States. And if you didn't speak to anybody that was actually living in the United States here, exactly here, I mean here now, not there, (laughs) um, you would really think that everything was terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm -hmm. We got all kinds of information how bad it was, how many people were dying. And in fact, in the beginning, we had reports that in New York, the bodies were lining up and they were like kind of just dumping them into mass graves and, and just really strange things. And, you know, who knows, maybe there was one picture of somebody collecting bodies. I really, I really don't know. But um, you, didn't, we, you didn't Google that? That's no, okay. no, I, That's I, I was too busy. Um, <laughs> yes, we, we, we thought in Portugal, mm-hmm. as and I actually now have a double nationality, so... I have a little bit of an advantage when I'm traveling because I can travel on You either. have a huge mm, advantage. Yes, yes I do. Because I can get back into the States because I'm American and I can get back into Portugal because I'm Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So 
looking at the United States from there, I mean, it seemed crazy, everything that was going on. Yes, and from the Portuguese perspective, we were all really quite proud at how well port- you handled how, yes, it. how well the Portuguese were handling it. I mean, already we were shut down in the beginning of March. We had left school, schools closed. I also run a music school and we do, um, we provide the music program for the private British school and they closed. So we continued teaching online, not in presence, you know, not presential lessons. But um, I would say, you know, Porto is about the same population as Pennsylvania. So I always compared it to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And we were far better in statistics as far as the infection rates and the death rates. And so every time I was saying I was planning to go home because my mother had Mm -hmm. had an operation and I wanted to come home and, and help out. Oh, don't go. It's so dangerous there. It's so horrible. And... I don't know. I I've come here and it kind of feels almost like the same as back in Portugal. Well, and and that you bring up a really interesting point because I have uh, I speak to a lot of my friends around the world, whether they're in Germany, some are in the UK. I have given colleagues in Kuala Lumpur, Hong Kong, Dubai, you name it. And it's it's interesting because all in all, you know, from the outside perspective, it is doom and gloom. The United States is is very, it doesn't look very attractive right now. And even from Pennsylvania looking to California, (laughs) it's like California is doom and gloom. And when we here think, oh, wow, this is fine here. It's true. Because even, yeah, because just yesterday I flew from California here to Pennsylvania and it is it's very different. I mean, it just goes to show you that the United States is very um, diverse, diverse and big. Maybe you'd even there's it's fractioned yeah. almost. They, something like that. So it's definitely interesting. So okay. So what you, my prep to come here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. I, that was yeah. where I was okay. going to lead into. So yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Of course, no. It's fine. So okay. Imagine you know you're American and you want to get back to the states, but you're just seeing all the news and it's like. Oh my gosh, the United States is like practically on fire. So, I mean, you're seeing the United States, and then, but you're like, hey, look, I'm coming home. So cool. So coming home, what was that experience like to prepare for it? Well, as I was preparing, you know, it was still in the end of June, beginning of July. Um, we were getting all kinds of conflicting news about what was going on and in the United States and which areas were closed and which were more open. And it just seemed like everything was in general closed. Whereas in Portugal, we had already end of May, beginning of June, opened the concert hall and with very restricted audience. And also on stage, um, we really cut down the size of the orchestra because there's only one on a part. So instead of like 12 second violins, we only had four. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which meant like eight people are sitting home waiting for the next week till they rotate in, which is part of the reason why I was able to get two weeks off at the end of July to come home early. But in any case, we really were not clear about what the rules were. So I went to a doctor and um, asked for a a prescription for a COVID test because I thought I was going to have to have a COVID so test. So in Portugal, get... do you have to get a prescription for a test? Yes, unfortunately you do, but it's pretty easy to do because okay. they, they will they will give you one. 
they won't necessarily give you one to have a free one on national health. Okay. But you can get if you're if you're traveling, you can get a prescription that you yeah. could pay for Got it. the COVID test. So I found the COVID testing center, which was in this huge, huge, huge parking lot that in normal circumstances is either a circus, no. <laughs> big, big place where they do the circus. Arguably, it is the circus still. Or, <laughs> or the place where they do the Kemish Deshfitesh, which is burning of you the... You can say that again. Yeah, Kemish Deshfitesh, <laughs> which is burning of the sashes and... Um, It's the big kind of end of the year party for the university students. But since everything was closed, they turned this huge, huge area into the testing testing site site. Mm -hmm. for the COVID. So you just call up on this number. I I pulled up outside the gates and I, I, oh, no, you have to make an appointment. So I called on my my mobile phone and they said, oh, you can come. You can drive right in. And then there was a policeman with a guard hut you know, standing there and he checks your license plate and you checked and I just drove up and basically they were under this big tent and they took all my information and I paid a hundred euros and she stuck this mammoth sized Q-tip. Oh, did it have to up your nose? Up and down. I I swear it felt like she was tickling my tonsils. Yeah, a lot of people. Actually, it's interesting that you say that because that is certainly how they were testing for it at the beginning, even here in the United States. Uh, By the way, I've gotten... uh, my test four times in Los Angeles because we have it free in Los Angeles County and it's all been mouth swabs. So I missed that first wave and everybody is terrified to go because the idea of having that stuck up your nose. But apparently... Oh, but, it, but this was up my nose and down the back okay, so okay. far that it was in my throat. Unfortunately, it wasn't just in my throat. Okay. But anyway, I gave them my information and my cell phone number. And within 24 hours, I had the official result, boom, on my phone. And I carried that with me to the airport. Wow. And I flew TAP, T-A-P, which is (laughs) Trans Airline Portugalia or Portugal. And it's basically the airline of Portugal. Yeah, the Portuguese Portuguese airline. And it's fantastic. I give a little plug for TAP. Oh, you're plugging on my my podcast. There we go. Shout out to TAP. Yeah, but, (laughs) you know, they're great. And they're they're really human. And they still care about giving personalized service. And everything was really clean. Everybody's so polite. The food is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, I got on the plane. I didn't have to show the COVID test. And um, you didn't have to show I the results. I didn't have to show the results to get at that time. At that point. And um, how was the actual flight? Did they were they trying to space people out, yes, or was it, it just also? I'm sure a combination of it just also being slow. It so was they just, pretty empty. I think maybe a third full, so it was really wow. easy to social to, distance everybody. Yeah. Everything Good. was really clean. They encouraged people to stay in their their seats, and we had to wear our masks the whole time. Um, that's another thing that in Portugal they've been. Um, I don't want to say strict, but just from the beginning, just everybody, vigilant. yeah, everybody wore masks when they went into the supermarket. Mm-hmm. They only let a certain amount of people in at, at yeah. the time, but outside and, you know, Portugal has lots of beaches. They said we should be socially distanced and, and stuff, but it's really hard to, it's to, tricky. Well, I mean, even enforce in, that yeah. in Southern California, in Los Angeles, we had issues too, because of course they weren't really trying, they didn't want to enforce social distancing they were requesting it at the beach but then they actually there were many times that they closed the beaches just because people weren't complying and so but it's good that they've they've ended up it seems that people have been more responsible there 
Well, so, yeah, but I, I, I have to say that by July, things were so different in Portugal than they were in March and April, mm-hmm. because in, in March, people were freaking out, yeah. really scared, yeah. and nobody went out. And I used to just take my shopping bag to go walk around to get exercise because I couldn't stand being alone uh-huh. stuck in an, in an apartment so every day i was shopping yeah and every day i would like buy milk one day and i'd buy orange juice the next day to use it as an excuse to get out to get out either for that. a run or a walk and yeah around four five six miles Same. and i was really the only one on the street and it was really very eerie but but kind of cool although <laughs> i didn't walk late at night in the dark. no 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 because normally I would walk around at night at yeah. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in my area. But this, my because area. nobody was but out. Because nobody was out. Only the kind of weirdos were yeah, out. So, and that was scary. Okay. But anyway. Okay. Back to the flight. Right. So <laughs> on the flight, it was great. We were just encouraged to stay in our seats. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any extra service like there normally was. It was just your your dinner and then your, your second meal. Did they serve alcohol? Yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. And on tap, it's... Oh. It's considered part of your meal. Ooh, another plug for tap. Yeah. Okay. You you do not have to pay extra for your meals or anything like yeah. that. Of course, if you have a suitcase, you pay extra for the suitcase and well, yeah. you okay. do that as you buy. But anyway. <laughs> um, so when we landed, one of the security guys at TSA or whatever they are, um, got onto the plane and kind of read from a piece of paper that if you were going to New York or New Jersey, you needed to quarantine. Okay. And um, I'm like, woohoo! I'm going to Pennsylvania, and I'm not going to say anything. No, but I, of course, you have to put down where you're where you're staying. And then we all got off the plane. Nobody in the airport. We flew to Newark. Mm-hmm. No one in the airport. I was pretty quiet. It was the fastest and the easiest travel. The safe. I felt safer than ever. It was. It was just. It was amazing. At first, I was a little, little bit worried, Mm -hmm. but I was really impressed on how every precaution was taken. And then when we came into the immigration, there were guys questioning everybody, where have you been, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I have my COVID test saying that I'm negative. And and the guy said, oh, that's okay. You don't need it. You know, and I'm like, okay. So I got in. That is really interesting. And when I... My bags came out right away because there was no competition from any other flight. And I think I was from leaving the plane to going out the other side. It must have been 15 minutes. Sure. Which was amazing. And and again, you bring up a good point is that really when it comes to all of this is that a lot of these companies have just really stepped up to the plate. And um, especially travel companies, airlines and all of that. And that they're doing the best that they can to make it a safe experience so um and with it just being lower numbers of people you know they it's kind of it is easier to socially distance okay so um in the interest of time i want to just find a a little bit more no um so you get to the states and that was a very seamless uh it's just crazy it's crazy because it's we hear all this news oh it's so difficult oh this and then it's like you actually go through the process and you're like what are they checking for so that's yeah, a little. Now that was in July. Yeah, that it was in be, July. It could be different now. Of course, yeah, for sure. So you're you're here. You've been here um, in Eastern Pennsylvania, and is there anything that you now that you've been here? Was there anything that you noticed as far as like people around here, or even because you even did a little bit of a road trip to Ohio and Michigan? For example, when I did my road trip to Sedona 
in July, I'd probably say about 90% of people were wearing their masks, but we would wear a mask when we would go out and we actually had people like yell at us for wearing masks and they'd be like, oh, you look scary. Oh, what do you think? You're a doctor? And it just was baffling to me. But now you, and that was okay. So that's in Arizona. Did you, have you seen any experiences quite like that either here in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, or... I know I and it's okay if you haven't that's good if you know I mean I I have to say I try to run every other morning and I go to one of the parks park systems and there are just as many people walking with a mask on while they're exercising as probably maybe probably more people without a mask because you know running is kind of difficult running and they're away from Um, people and they seem to keep a distance it seems like most people have mask in hand Mm -hmm. and as soon as they go indoors like Mm -hmm. in a shop or in a supermarket, the masks are on mm-hmm. and everybody's wearing a mask. And some people, some people forget to take them off and they walk around. I personally take it off the minute I'm outside a building mm-hmm. and walk around. I was very um, cautious in, in the first few days because I, I came into my parents' home, your grandparents' home, mm-hmm. and they are in their 90s, both of them. And uh, even though they're in good health, I just didn't want to... You risk don't want to, anything no bringing in yeah so when we went out west it seemed like the farther west we went the more well, cavalier casual not cavalier just casual i mean it just seemed that people were going about their everyday lives and inside most everybody had a mask on well and to be fair to just give everyone perspective that's listening i mean the places that you were going to were more suburban locations. Yeah. So with that in general, you know, it's not to say that obviously this can't spread in suburban locations, but there's just more space. Yeah. It's it's it does a very different feel than when you are in a city. It's it, where you've got people on top of others and it's kind of easier to kind of keep to your own and who's yeah. to say that you can't like why would you have to wear a mask in your own backyard type yes. thing. And the thing is we weren't seeking out going going around to um, different events or or going out or even going yeah. out to dinner because we were visiting family and we just decided that we would just do all the stuff at home and have picnics in the backyard. And, and we just avoided any of those kind of social events. I did take a kayak to a local park with a little lake and did some kayaking yeah, one day. A... No one there was wearing a mask because everybody was outdoors. Well, if, yeah, yeah, if you're out, well, and and that, again, that sort of makes sense, especially for where you are. So that being said, uh, to your your trip is coming to an end. Although, yes, okay, it's actually tomorrow. So I'm tomorrow. Out so yeah, tomorrow sorry, you're, you're leaving tomorrow. Um, can you share what you've had to do? To prepare for your trip. And you're sighing. She's sighing because it's been a little bit. But try to make it I'll try brief. to make it really brief. Um, yeah. It's impossible to make it really brief, but as brief as I can. Basically, I had called a month ago to ask about how to go about taking a test because Portugal now requires anybody coming from the United States to have, within 72 hours of boarding the plane, a negative, a COVID negative test. And it has to be... The one through the nose, the swab, has to be that one. It can't be a rapid rapid test. test. It can't be something else. Yeah. So I called a month ago and I kept getting from all these centers. Oh, yeah, you just come. You just what you don't need a prescription. You just walk in. 
that your insurance will pay. And of course, I don't have insurance in the States. So they said, well, you probably will be subsidized by the, you know, the government. Yeah. Well, and and a two day turnaround. And then it got closer. And I have friends that are flying on the same flight that said, oh, my gosh, we're having problems in New Jersey because they're saying five days turnaround. And of course, five days is not going to fit, uh, fit uh, the 72 hour limit. So I called again, and then I started getting completely different information. So it was seven-day turnaround now, and the only way you could get a next-day test is if you're having an operation. So I'm freaking out. I'm calling the embassies, the consulates. I even called New Bedford, Massachusetts, and finally got through to the Portuguese embassy, and they just said the regulations are the, the way they are. At 72 and hours. Yes, good 72 luck. hours. Exactly. Good luck. But here's some numbers in New Jersey. I called them and they said, well, we could probably do it in two to three days, but we're not going to guarantee. And at that point, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to drive all the way to New Jersey to have this test. And then the prices were anywhere from 200 well, to 400 and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I finally ended up getting a prescription from a doctor and taking it locally. But even so, because of Labor Day it, and everything being closed yesterday, I had to take it Sunday morning. So I'm hoping that it's just past 72 hours <laughs> that I'm going to be able to get on the plane. Because I, if not... <laughs> I have a feeling that they might just do it by, by days and you should be good. Yeah. But it, again, to kind of... In, in, to to summarize that, call it's like... Call ahead. Well, yeah, you call ahead, but it's, it's proving to be really interesting because you think that you can get a turnaround on a test pretty quickly and and you can't necessarily yeah, do that. Not in Pennsylvania so, anyway. Yeah, well, obviously, depending on where you are. So interesting. You and were it, due to fly out. And it cost $76. Okay, perfect. Sounds At the time good. of this recording. Yeah. On Sunday, anyway. Okay. Uh, no, no. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see who you show it to, all, all of those details, and you're getting on the flight tomorrow. And, I mean, no offense, but there is part of me that's hoping that maybe you just get stuck here for a little <laughs> bit longer. But I would love that, but I tell you, I have to get back to work. Okay. So, <laughs> so no, but um but it, it is just really interesting to see how it is changing and um maybe you know once you get back over there we'll, we'll maybe we'll do another one of these so then you can let us know what that experience has been like because yeah. okay. it's definitely been so interesting but um I think with that I just thank you for sharing a bit of your story today. I will because we're we're hearing all of these mixed things and it's what is it like to to travel, what is it like to come back? What is it? What do we look like from the outside? What do we? What is it really like once you're here? And so it's nice to have somebody else's perspective on it, and um, and yeah, and we'll see. Well, I do have to say that I okay. do take the sanitizer around with me and sanitize. Like when I flew, even though it says, you know, they say that, that everything is sanitized. I double sanitize it just to be safe. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried, just take your own stuff along and some handy wipes and pour the sanitizer on, clean all your surfaces around you that you would touch. And By the way, there and, are kits yeah. for that now. Are there? I can maybe give you one. Oh, that would be great. So I can, no, no, there really is. There, uh, one company that I, I work with, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I have talked about them quite a bit, called Seat Sitters. And what I, um, Seat Sitters is great. There's another company that's called Seat Covers and covers C-U-V-E-R-S. Uh, what's cool about Seat Covers, I mean, it's just, it's literally a cover for your seat. But what I like about Seat Sitters is that they actually do a whole travel kit. Oh. So 
you've got two covers. They also give you masks. They give you hand sanitizer. They give you um, wipes. And then they also do tray table covers. Because as we all know, the dirtiest place on an airplane is the tray table. Mm -hmm. So maybe you'll get one of those. That would be wonderful. Thank you for participating today. so cool. Thanks. (laughs) Anyway, so um, that being said, I hope you guys learned a little bit from this. Um, And again, it's always nice to have somebody else's... Uh, just perspective on everything. Um, but I will be sure to share all these details. And thank you again, well, Aunt thanks Nancy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I'm so lucky because I get to see Sarah. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you want to see my face, you can always go over to Instagram. But, but thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, uh, try to say yes to travel in these times. And uh, stay tuned for next week because actually, considering that I'm I'm visiting family. I'll probably have my grandparents on next week, so that'll be an interesting an interesting episode, I have to say. It's your will. Well, anyway, all right, thank you guys so much and stay safe and as always, say yes to travel. Bye.